everybody, Michael Rooker here, and you are listening to Cut to the Chase. Keep listening. Hey guys, this is Christy Carlson Romano, and you're listening to Cut to the Chase. Hey, what's going on? This is Thomas Ian Nicholas. Uh, you horror fans out there might know me as Bill Woodlake from Halloween Resurrection. Uh, and you are listening to Cut to the Chase. So let's do it. Cut to the Chase, man. Greetings, gentle folk. James DeVille, and you're listening to Lacey Lou on Cut to the Chase. This is Richard Reilly, and I'm on Cut to the Chase. And if you don't jump to any conclusions, you will hear me with Dan and Lacey. You have a podcast, like I do, and uh, it's called Cut to the Chase. I like that. Cut to the Chase. All right, here we go. You're listening to Cut to the Chase. Let me do another one. You're listening to Cut to the Chase. How about this is Michael Rosenbaum and you're listening to Cut to the Chase. Um, I don't know if yeah, it's Dan and Lacey. You're listening to This is Michael Rosenbaum, you're listening to Cut to the Chase with Dan Chase and Lacey Lou. How's that? Oh, and um Mike, you like it. If you like horror, you'll want to cut to the chase. The podcast, that is. I know I want to cut to the chase as soon as possible. And what do you know? Here it comes. I'm a Barbie girl. Not Oppenheimer world. (laughs) (laughs) But whatever. I'm Lacey Lou. (laughs) And I'm Dan Chase. And with us, a returning guest. It's been like two years since we've had him on our show, but it was a fucking phenomenal show it was the last time we had you on with Candyman, mr willis wheeler yeah yes it sure was wow man what have you been up to for the last two years just trying to stay happy and spending money on my favorite thing transformers and comic books and video games <laughs> and wrestling <laughs> and wrestling <laughs> who's your favorite wrestler of all time right now is it, my favorite is Always gonna be Stone Cold Steve Austin, but mm. a, a close second is Brian Danielson, and a third second is Sting. What do you mean you don't like Johnny Fairplay? Ah, uh, Johnny Fairplay, that's my boy. He cool as I don't know what. He's more, <laughs> he more of a manager than he is a wrestler. Does he still come back as uh, what was his uh, suitor name? I don't. I haven't seen. Seen him really do any managing a late. <laughs> uh, well, what about the Miz? Oh, sorry, ass Miz. Nobody care about the Miz. Miz ah. is just just a company man. That's it. He's a sorry <laughs> ass Miz. <laughs> is Chris Jericho still a thing? Yes, Chris Jericho is still wrestling in AEW. He was the first AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Right. Well, I feel like we got some WWE knowledge there. And you know, it's known for the theatrics and you know all their hyping, and uh, we are no stranger to that this week as well in terms of movie releases, guys. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one end we have the Christopher Nolan epic biopic uh, Oppenheimer. Did you say epic? Uh, that's what they're saying. That's what the people are saying, and I'm just repeating what the people are saying. Baby. Well, we're the people. Oh, 
Well, Christopher Nolan's dud Oppenheimer. <laughs> Uh, versus the release of uh, Greta Gertwig's Barbie. Yes, otherwise known as Barbenheimer. Now, what do you guys think of that? Because first of all, any type of movie marketing that pits any movie up against each other, man, I think it's fun as hell, and it's only good for the movie business. What do you guys think? Well, for me right now, as bad as most of the movies has been doing in the box office, these two movies are what? Hollywood right now is looking for box office wise and especially with them having all the bad press about the writer strike and the actor strike. This is something that Hollywood really needs right now is those two movies. Yeah, I agree with that. Baby. How yeah, I definitely agree. Um you know, it's kind of sad that, you know, like these movies came out like while the writer strike was going on because um, there's a lot of people involved in the making of these and they can't promote it or, you know, even maybe necessarily feel proud about it. You know, it's kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that the big wigs are really happy with the box office numbers, but are the other people behind it going to reap those benefits? Probably not because this is uh, pre, this movie was made pre-strike, right? Well, it also, I want to say too, that these are the big movies kind of obviously that are, kicking everything off in terms of them, you know, walking out of the premiere yep. like they did and stuff like that. I know that the uh, the repercussions of the longevity of the strike will definitely, will definitely, um, you know, have an effect on Hollywood down the line here. Uh, this is just the beginning of it. Now, I don't know how long this is going to go. Hopefully they can figure shit out and just fucking pay these people. Because these these people do work very hard on this shit, so I don't know why they just can't come to the terms that they need. I think it's more than fair. So, unfortunately, yeah, this is just the beginning of it, but I do not think it's the last of what we've seen mm. in terms of, like, there being a big spectacle in terms of, like, like you said, not promoting stuff. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's almost like COVID again. This even trickled down to MTV to where they didn't even have the MTV Movie Awards live. Right. Wow, I didn't even know that. Yeah, and I'm I'm like so sad about it because like back in like no 1996, movement. no movement. Um, back in 1996 when Scream, or I guess it was 97 when it aired, but when Scream won Best Picture, you know, Drew Barrymore was set to host this year, and Scream Six won Best Picture. Oh, that would have been. And epic. like, I just wanted to see that, you know, like that's my favorite franchise, and like. Because of that, I was robbed of like a moment that I would probably always remember again. Right, right. And I know, it, like, and I know that sounds selfish, mm -hmm. but it's like it's little small things that it's affecting like that. Yeah. You know, it's so and like it's so big that it's affecting shit. Well, and I know? know, like, you're covering the Fantasia Festival, yeah. the Fantasia Film Festival, and they're not doing press for that, or it's very. Um, if only thin. independent films are doing the. Um, Press. Press, yes. Like, Nicolas Cage can't do, like, that. he has a movie that he starred in um, on there, and he can't do any press because of the actor strike. Yeah. So. So stuff um, like that, yeah. Definitely a bummer, but I hope they get what they need, uh, you know. So that we can enjoy talking about. Right. You know. Yep. Yep. Well, and look, another look. problem about this writer strike is going to happen 
when these movies finally do get made once the strike is over with, it's yep. going to be the same problem they had this summer. All their movies are going to come out back to back to back behind each other to try to right. make some money. And that's going to mess everything up all over again, just like this summer. That's a nobody, very- had, nobody had a chance to breathe. The only movie that really had a chance to breathe was Guardians because they had enough sense to come out in May. Yeah, and, right. And look at their box office. Their box office killed it. Mostly everybody else, theirs didn't really do nothing because it was something new coming out the next week. Hey, Scream 6 did really well. It yeah. did. Yes, it did. Super Mario did really well. Super Mario did really well as well. Now, but that was early in the year. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think though that that the old school way of going about it as well came into play when we're talking about Guardians because when Guardians came out, now word of mouth got around. Yo, this is a fucking James Gunn banger. Like it got out there, and everybody's talking about it now. The reason I bring that up is to bring up, obviously, the abomination that is The Flash as well, because that was supposed to fucking set records, and it right. set records all right. Bomb <laughs> Yeah, it fucking bombed. Now, a movie, we were, like, Willis, you are the fucking, you are the comic book dude. You know this shit. Like, why the fuck did The Flash bomb? I can tell you a couple things the reason why the Flash bomb. Most of the DC movies wasn't doing good, so people figure most of these other movies been trash. Why should I waste money on going to see this? Then, the star, Ezra Miller, has been at jackass for the last two years. That's not helping any press for any movie. Nobody wants to support somebody that been showing off the way he did. That's why in the marketing, who did they push more than anybody else? Michael Keaton's Batman. Anybody but him, yeah. <laughs> yep. They pushed it so hard. And then when people actually came out, the regular people actually came out and seen it and said, this movie was not good. Word right. of mouth got around. And yep. That was the end of that. See, that's what I'm saying, man. I think it's old school word of mouth shit. If a movie's good, it's going to end up doing good because people are talking about it and, and, and it gets hyped up. Same thing with The Flash. Like, dude, I was the last person that wanted The Flash to fail. Like, I had a feeling it was going to fucking suck. But, like, I, I love The Flash, man. I love the TV show. I'm like, well, this is going to be the last one. I'm interested to see what they do with it. The cameos, all these things fucking got me in that seat and when I did get in that seat I felt like tricked I felt bamboozled now I have to be honest though because I wasn't a fan of the flash but I'll probably watch it again I'm never gonna fucking watch Oppenheimer again in my oh, goddamn life ever, <laughs> you know ever, what I mean like right. I wasn't a fan of the flash but like I can see it being like on in the background or yes. if we have to do like a podcast on like some DC shit for you know I can see us doing that and I probably wouldn't mind watching it. Well, let's talk about this for a second because we have to break it down for everyone. If you haven't been following Lacey Wu on social media or whatever, we've been going through all the fucking Christopher Nolan movies. Right. Wow. We're leading up to this, right? Well, now, we still have we, a lot We only got like halfway through. We're going to continue. Hopefully, Lacey Wu, are we going to continue? Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Cause because I want to see Memento. Right. Like, no, the guy is brilliant and the way he... He approaches filmmaking. It's definitely he is one of our fucking best directors. 
I don't think there's really any debate about that. Unfortunately, when we saw this, man, I I was so fucking bored. It was it was entertaining in a few different instances. One being that Florence Pugh's titties. Florence Pugh's titties, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's what I didn't even know about that going in. So that was a pleasant surprise. Her booty too. It was nice. So, anyways, that number one, a number one. I would buy a ticket just for that. So right there, I'm not discouraging people from seeing this movie. So there you go. Second. Yeah, but then she just offs herself, and it's like rather depressing. Right there. Spoilers. You go. Well, I don't hey, care. it's it's a historical movie. You know, look up facts, people. So secondly, though, <laughs> it's really exciting to watch because. Dude, there are so many fucking actors in this movie. Everywhere you look, there's a new fucking actor that, oh, th- th- that dude. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. He's in this? Holy fuck. So it's one of those. Other than that, absolutely fucking not my thing. Absolutely 100% not my thing. Willis, what do you think the movie was like? I know you didn't <laughs> see it, but I'm curious to what you like, and we'll let you know if you're right. Reason why I didn't see it because it's historical. I know all about the stuff, so I know it's a bunch of talking from beginning (laughs) to end. And it's basically the movie is about white people talking about how to make this bomb, white people going through the motions about them making a bomb, and then white people testing it and blowing it up so they can go kill up another race in in a war. That's all the movie is about. Well, you're not wrong at all. That's, that, that's exactly <laughs> Did you see for the three movie? hours. Are you yeah. sure you didn't see it? Because that's nope. all it was. That's, and, all, that's well, all it is. Even in the marketing, that's all you can tell. Only thing I'll give credit to most of that movie was practical effects. So I give them that. That they went old school with that movie. I right. seen, seen some of the stuff talking that. about that. I give them credit on that. But other than that, I don't want to see it. Willis, there was really no effects that were needed in this fucking movie. Right. It's literally just people sitting around talking for the majority of it. Yeah. Um, like when you get to the bomb scene, what do you think happened there? It blew the fuck up. <laughs> well, no. Like, all right. So, like, they're talking about how they're going to. All right. So they talk about building the bomb. Then it shows them building the bomb. And then it gets to them pushing the bomb. And it's just them all chilling in the fucking desert. And you just see the bomb explode. You got Jack Quaid and Josh Hartnett sitting in a Jeep together, <laughs> waiting for it. <laughs> it's it's so like and it's Matt Damon is on his stomach. Like not that I need to see any of that, but like Christopher Nolan is known for like very outlandish. Um, like I mean, take fucking Inception for example. You know what I mean? Well, you're talking like, about dream within a dream within a dream, motherfucker. And then Interstellar, like into different dimensions in space, and like literally, we had like a sixth grade computer graphic for the bomb in this. Right. Like that. That was literally it. That, that's the. That's that's the that's the the praise <laughs> that you're giving him, Willis. Oh wow. <laughs> like I, it just was not fascinating at all. Um. Yeah, the subject matter, like, I, I, I just don't see the point or the purpose for this. Um, I, like, you want to make somebody a martyr and, you know, right. whatever. Well, but. so so I was under the impression, though, and the way the marketing for the movie was, oh, you know, you don't know this story or whatever. And I did not. But I also think that certain movies in history, they just don't make exciting 
movies, like certain events in history, like you said, is a bunch of fucking people talking and he ends up making the ball. Now, the big thing in this movie is Robert Downey Jr.'s character. I don't even know who the fuck it is in real life. His character uh, basically, like, sets this guy up and, like, creates a committee to go get him or whatever. But I never even, as as Cillian Murphy's getting interviewed throughout this whole movie, I never even felt like he was, like, being persecuted or, like, anything was even at stake here. Because it wasn't. Because it was a little committee that he put together. And then fucking, like you said, Pet Cemetery is sitting there trying to grill him. And it's like, get out of here. It's just, it just seemed like no stakes throughout the whole movie. And then... Fucking Carl from Ghost. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then the big buildup was just, it, it was nothing. And it was like to this one scene with Einstein. And you know what it felt like it was doing? It felt like, you know, in... In, in the Dark Knight Rises, when they say Robin or whatever, uh, they do the same thing, but with like what you said, baby, JFK, right? They mention like JFK, Einstein's in the movie. They just want to get all these like big scientists and all these big names. So it was basically like the DCU, like but for like you know presidents and scientists and math nerds and shit. Yeah, like I just it just was not my thing. And it was funny because we did. We it, It's hard not to notice the crowds around you, but the crowd looked a lot nerdier during the uh, Oppenheimer. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. Because I, I saw a kid with, like, a fucking technology shirt on. I go, oh, man, we're in a whole different stratosphere now. <laughs> <laughs> and we definitely were. And that and both movies were, like, completely sold out, too. And let, let me let – me, let me preface the whole Oppenheimer thing with this. It is well acted. It is obviously, fucking obviously, it's well shot. There are some moments. Emily Blunt has a great fucking moment in this movie. Matt Damon's got some fucking great lines in this movie. It's by no means considered like a, a bad, bad movie. fucking movie. It's just Don't really fucking boring. get it twisted, but as far as like an entertaining movie, it's a historical fucking recreation of the atom bomb. I mean, do the fucking math. It is what it is, you know? But the fact that Chris Nolan did it, that was the draw for me. Not because it was an atom bomb movie, because Chris Nolan did it, and I'm a fucking huge fan of his. For me personally, it fell flat, up, flat on his face, and I thought it was probably the most boring thing ever, and, and, Probably my worst theatrical watch ever, and that was probably because of the dude next to me. Um, yeah, this movie wanted to be like the trial of the Chicago Seven. Right. Like, and the storytelling format in this just did not work for this type of movie. Like it wasn't engaging. Like, right. like I feel like he only showed Florence Pugh's tits just so like people would wake the fuck up. And I did. <laughs> like, and that's unfortunate because like it is. Um, this movie sucks. And then, like, I don't know, like, it, like there were moments, like, to where, okay, I'm kind of interested, and then it just loses you right the fuck back again. The, right. And when they were building the bomb, that was exciting, and then they blew it up, and it's like, oh, all right, so now what? Yeah. Um, I'm never going to watch it again in my life. Ever. Unless, like, I might watch the scene of Florence Pugh's titties, but yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
That's why I'm gonna marry this girl. No, um, but th- that's basically our review on on Oppenheimer. Yes. And you know, we wanted to do the dual review thing or whatever. It's pretty much all I gotta say about that. Now, the movie that we will have a lot to say about uh, is the Barbie movie. I never thought you would ever hear those words come out of my motherfucking mouth. Did you ever think you would get a uh, message from Mr. Willis Wheeler asking to do a podcast on Barbie? No, but honestly, it sounds so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> but interestingly enough, um, the internet has come alive and has uh, inspired this podcast because, man, people got a lot of fucking things to say. Now, right out of the gate, Willis, uh, the first thing you want to say, it can be any which way. It can be to the people. It can be a review of the movie. What do you got to say about Barbie right out of the gate? A movie about Barbie shouldn't have been this smart, a, as well written as it is, mm. for something about a, a toy that's basically just a sales gimmick more than any other toy that has ever been made mm. in toy history. And it actually had a lot of points about life in general. Yep. In a Barbie movie. Of all things, a Barbie movie. That just blows my mind. And it's shocking that Mattel allowed the writer and director to do what they wanted to do with this movie. And it seemed like they didn't do any interference with them at all. Because they actually called out Barbie about her stereotype of being the perfect woman in the movie. And it it flowed beautifully from beginning to end. I mean, they could have cut like maybe five or ten minutes out of the movie. But still, this movie shouldn't have been as real written as it was for all things Barbie. Now, Willis, I just want to make sure you are a male, right? Yes. And you've seen this fucking (laughs) movie called Barbie. Yes. Were you a... I had one of my friends with me too That's a girl So that's how I got away With watching this movie at the movie (laughs) Well I want to ask you Were you at all at any point During the two hour duration of this film Offended because you're a man Nope Dan what about you It was the opposite It was the exact opposite I thought it was fucking fantastic And look I just want to say this, and the reason why she made you specify, Willis, is because of this. You know, we're not here to just try and be those fucking dudes to be like, yeah, we saw the Barbie movie and it's fucking fire. Like, we're not we're not trying to be those guys just to fucking say that. Like, I did not think I was going to fucking say what I was going to say about this movie. Like, I had no idea it was going to be what it is. We had had discussions, and you had said, Lacey Wu, I think that they're not showing us a lot in the trailer for a reason. I think it's going to be fucking fire. And I thought that it had the potential to be, but I, but in my heart of hearts, I'm like, you know, they're not going to let them do anything really fucking out there with it, you know? And in all reality, all it really was is Barbie escaping Barbie land, going into the real world. I mean, I don't think the plot is that fucking shocking to begin with. I don't think it surprised anyone. But where it surprised everyone, including myself, 
is in its execution, how they went about that, and at the same time talking about how people, men, women, interact and, and how everything, how we should all be treating each other. There were some great messages in this movie that I did not expect to be there. And because they were, I had to reassess everything. And I'm like, damn, we, can, we might have to do a podcast about this. <laughs> and yeah. the thing is, I think that it seems to be going over most of the people's heads from what I'm seeing is they're missing that it's all about being equal. Um, you know, I think they're taking what's happening in Barbie land, like way too fucking literally. Um, and they're not looking outside the scope of the in reality portion of it, because in Barbie land, that is actually what is happening in reverse in reality. Like it has been right. a very, very prominent male dominated. And I'm not like a feminist by any fucking means. I've said that a lot. But that's like a fact. Though. You know, and I'm just looking past through history. Like we still have yet to have a female fucking president. Sure, we got a vice, but how long has it taken us to get there? Right. right. Uh, and even though, like, it's not even a debate. Those are just facts. Right. Okay. And so, like, in the movie, well, I'm just saying, like, this isn't about, you know, men are evil or, um, like, I don't feel like they were saying men were evil at all. Um, you know, it's basically, like, ugh, it's hard to fucking put into words, you know. But, like, so, for example, like, when they were getting the, the when the president in this got her presidency back or whatever, and they're like, well, we're going to have male cabinet members. And then they even make go so far as to say is, hey, when women are represented equally in the real world, we'll represent men equally in Barbie land. Like, it's a fucking Barbie. <laughs> right, right. Like, you know, it's so stupid. Like the fact that I that I even have to discuss this. Right. You know, right. How, that, how, that's the frustrating how, part. How did you miss this? Like it's right. literally like they're actresses. Vanna White, she like perfect example right now. Pat fucking Sajak is the rudest fucking TV host in fucking television history, in my opinion. But like he gets paid like how much? Like fifteen million, and Vanna's at like three million. And when they introduce them. They introduce them as co the co-hosts, right. not you know, and Pat's assistant. But she's making like how much, like eleven million less than he is, twelve million less than he is. But yet there are, and here's the stars of our show, right? Like so, it's still women are still not being fairly um, given the same amount of money. Like look at Shameless a few years ago, the the chick Emily um, Rossum who played Fiona, was fought so hard to get paid the same as William H. Macy, and she had way more screen time than he did. Right. Like, like it, it's it's factual that these things are actually happening, you know? And then she left the show, and the show sucked. It did. It did. <laughs> it really did. Case in point, you and know? And so these things, it's just a reflection of what's actually going on in society, and I'm sorry if that bothers you that it's being pointed out and that you were offended that Ken doesn't have a bigger role than Barbie. Ken doesn't like, even have a dick. Like, it's not even about that, though. Like, and the th thing about this movie, Ken does have a bigger role than Barbie in this movie. Right, so that right. makes sense. <laughs> right. Ironically, right. 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 Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, go ahead, Willis. And, and the thing about it is, when you watch the movie, actually, Barbie caused all this shit from the get-go because she was just treating Ken like, like he was nothing. She right. caused... She caused Ken to act that way. If she had treated him a little bit better, maybe none of that would have happened in the first place. So they showed that 
actually both of them had issues that they needed to work with, which is in any relationship. Thank and you. sometimes people do get codependent on another person to the point where it, once they reject you, it just messes your head up. And that's basically what happened to Ken in this movie. And it took Barbie to realize that going into the real world and see what's going on and then coming back to her own world and seeing her actions cause all of this. And she had to finally realize that. And Ken had to realize that he could be on his own. It doesn't have to be Ken and Barbie. It could be just Ken and just Barbie sometimes. And that's that's what the movie was trying to tell people. Thank you. It's, a, it's, it's about Thank like you. normalizing that we're all individuals. Right. And not only that, it goes even a step further about what what's her name? Uh, not average Barbie, but um, what what is it? Uh, the Barbie, the main one, Margot Robbie. Oh, uh, stereotypical Barbie. Stereotypical Barbie. But she even learns that, like in a meta way, how they tell the story that she's an idea. She lives on forever. You know, people die. And she is the the opposite of just stereotypical, like, I'm nothing. No, you can be whatever you want. And that was the whole fucking message there. Now, with what, in regards to, you know, the whole fucking sex thing, you got exactly what Willis just said. It, you said it perfectly because as a dude, as a male, I cannot have the female perspective. You know, you can provide one to, to my right. Now, watching this movie, I did not think that they were going to go deep at all. But not only that, they go even a step further. And obviously, they give Barbie's perspective. And obviously, she has her own arc. And like Willis just said, her arc is that, like, I got to live in a world where I don't need some dude. And he was basically created for her. So then here comes the part where... Oh shit! Okay, well they're gonna fucking talk to the dudes fucking that are watching this movie too, because it spoke to me as well, you know. And it explains Ken's actions in a way. It doesn't justify him, but that's why he was such a dick because he felt second fiddle to her. Like he didn't feel like he was good enough, and he reacted like a child. I mean, he is literally a kid in this movie. He's like, "Well, what am I gonna do Ugh, when she's on the beach?" Like he's a child. It's and, but they clearly they're using these characters that that every little girl grew up with to to use it to kind of um talk about themes in modern day culture and they did it perfectly they represented the women and the men and like you said the main theme being like nobody really needs each other like find yourself and fucking do you nobody should be reliant on one another but that last uh one of those last speeches that ryan gosling gave to her i thought it was fucking great and really sad and kind of romantic in a way too but they weren't they weren't even going for that they were just kind of saying, like, that's how he felt. He always felt like he was living for you. And because he only felt that way when you said hi to him on those days or whatever, that made that that's his life. So he had to go out and find his own life as well. That blew my mind. I'm like, damn, they got some shit for everybody in here. And not only that, there's there's so much commentary in this film that when he did go out and was trying to find his own way, yeah, like into the real world. And, like, 
he realizes that there's all these men that like are in position of power or whatever, you know, and, but he realizes that he has to have a degree. He has to have licenses. Like, right. And like, he has to go to school. And like, he, needs he, a degree. he goes, come on. You know? <laughs> so like, there's right. commentary on that. Like you right. can't just get handed things. Like you have or, to work for it. Yes. And so I don't feel like, yes, maybe that because, but that's the point, because in the real world, people work for it. In Barbie land, they're just given everything because right. they're Barbies. They're like, not real. Right. right. Ken, was, Ken was literally made for Barbie. Right. You know, he's like just he's like a skipper or, you know, like, right. I love that this isn't a romance film. I love that it's not that. Right. Like, they don't even kiss in the film. They don't. And See, like, that's the, that's an important thing to say, though. And at the end of the film, when Barbie's like, uh, well, what am I supposed to do now, you know? And uh, Will Ferrell goes, you end up with Ken. And she goes, I don't want that. Right. You know, she's like, I'm not into him. That's not what I want. She goes, sorry. You know, and like, I honestly, truly love that because like, yeah. there's so much expectations on people and what you're supposed to do and how to be. And like, if you're a woman, you need to get married, have a family, do this, do that. If you're a man, you have to go to work and provide. And like, right. there's so much expectations that have been passed on and on from generation to generation between men and women that like we don't know what the fuck which way is up and which way is down like i got married because i thought i was fucking supposed to right you know like i was like okay this is you know right and otherwise like if i had not had that instilled in me at a very young age i wouldn't have fucking did it right you know so we i love that this movie is like normalizing individuality now they they also get into um you know with rhea perlman's character who she meets while trying to escape from the Mattel headquarters. Um, and, you know, they, they he, she gets to talking to her and how Barbie was meant as an idea. And, you know, you can be anything you want. Now, do you think that that is kind of a commentary as well on kind of the culture putting their ideas onto it? Because it was made clearly to like inspire kids, you know, but then they turned it into, oh, you know, you're not inclusive enough and you're not this or whatever. And it became this kind of rat race to kind of keep up with public perception and, and kind of keep up with the times or whatever. But do you think that it was almost a commentary on that? Meaning like it was meant for something good. It was meant to inspire. It was meant to say, you can be whatever you want. And you guys took it and made it some something else. And that's what this movie's trying to basically make us realize and that we're idiots. Yeah. Kind kinda true. Basically, because the um creator of the woman basically made Barbie because all the Barbie all the dolls back before they made this doll was just doll babies. And when she made this doll, she made it for it to be an avatar for it to be the girls be more than just mothers. That's why Barbie was never a mom. Now, Willis, what did you think of that 2001 fucking Space Odyssey? I laughed my ass off on that, <laughs> that shit. That shit was so funny. And yeah. it had Helen Mirren was the narrator of the whole movie. Yep, yep. So that was just wild. But yeah, that was basically the reason why Barbie was made... It was made for it to be an avatar for little girls to be more than just moms. Right, right. Thank you. 
and, and and that's what I'm saying too about the fucking opening. I knew that we were getting into something when we saw 2001. I'm like, well, wait a minute. So they're parodying other movies as well. But I think that was more of a, this is what we're going to get into in terms of intellectually <laughs> uh, with this movie. Because the Space Odyssey, when he throws the bone up, obviously that's the evolution. And that shows the evolution of the ape and, and how they all, you know, kind of came to the violence or whatever. And then obviously with this movie, it's a commentary on society, males, females. And, you know, I think a lot of the, people's problems with this movie stem from the fact that they're white dudes and they can't see past just being a white dude like and i hate to say that but like as a white guy there are plenty of movies for us like there are so many different fucking movies but then you got like one fucking barbie movie you know for the females and, and it happens to have something to say and you got all these fucking white guys fucking very, like, defensive about it. Um, I don't know why that is, uh, but I kind of think in a lot of ways the movie's kind of proving its point through their actions. I feel like a lot of the males that... It's all white. It's all yeah, with well, white I, fucking pale, I, pale dudes with fucking I, black T-shirts. I feel like those... <laughs> I feel like those guys that you're referring to. <laughs> I know, like, I'm one the, of them, but I, I feel like those dudes want the world like they would have Stepford wives if they could. Right, exactly. Like that's what I picture when these dudes are telling me how I should think or feel, or like there was a comment about if you really want to watch like weak and powerless women. I, for one, I didn't feel weak or powerless at all while I was watching this film, and I didn't think the women depicted in the feature uh, were that way. Right. You know, I just felt like these were normal emotions that people have. Like, do you ever think about dying? Do you think about cell? Like, you're getting cellulite. Like, you're crying. You're upset. Like, you're right. disconnect. You're disconnecting from your close loved ones. Like, yep. people move and people change, and like your relationships aren't what they thought. Yep. And yep. like, it, it just it just felt real. Right. Like it felt like authentic, you know, emotions to be having. And I'm sorry that if you didn't get that out of this film and that you're just a depressing little fuck, but <laughs> like, it, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't like you, the movie completely went over your guys's head and I'm not saying that to be pretentious or be a cunt. Like, I'm really not like you literally just missed. Like, it's not about men bashing. It's not about hating men. It's not about making men evil. It's not no. about, women trying to take over. It's literally just about everybody trying to be equal, not anything more, not anything less. Right. And to, you know, have your own identity. And, and to even say like Ken is evil, he's so stupid in this movie. Like he's he, like he's Cost so a dojo house. He reminded me of um the robot version of Tim Allen in the Santa Claus movies. He, Remember that guy? Like, <laughs> But it was, but he was. He reminded me of Johnny from Cobra Kai. Right, exactly. Yeah, Johnny from Cobra Kai as well. Exactly. But like the way, the way that they did this, and they sprinkle it in, and and I think this is important because it's all in the delivery. They sprinkle in these little nuggets in between moments of just pure fucking absurdity. Like, let's talk about that for a minute. This movie is fucking stupid as hell. Now. When I say that, 
I was fucking cry laughing a good part of this movie just for the little things. There's a moment where Ken fucking walks Barbie home and then he's walking away and he just does this like stupid little fucking dance. Yo, I sat there and cry laughed for like three minutes after. They rock, like, paper, scissors. The scene, yeah, the rock, paper, scissors during the fucking <laughs> dance sequence. Like, so many, I mean, we haven't even touched on Michael Sarah yet. I mean, Jesus Christ. This movie is fucking flat out just fucking hilarious. <laughs> they picked the but, perfect person to be Alan. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's just talk about it. What did, what did you think of Alan, Willis? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know some. I know the history of Barbie, and Alan was supposed to be another doll that you could have interact with Ken. And right. the box basically said on the box. You could use all of Ken's clothes on his friend Alan as well. So they play that up in the movie that Alan is just a second fiddle to Ken. And he don't want to be there no more. He was ready to go. He said, I'm tired of this shit. I'm yep. done with this. So he he had his own little arc too. So he I did. was happy about that. I wish they would have gave... The um Mars doll, the pregnant doll, a little arc too, but I guess they, it it was only a two hour movie. It, it would have been asking too much for that movie to be more than two hours. But at least they had another part of Barbie's history in the movie, so that was cool. And I like the little Easter eggs about like the skipper doll that they made when you moved <laughs> the arm, they, the breast grew. I actually seen a video on YouTube talking about all the different Barbies before I went to see this movie. Yeah. And they, they had that in there. And they talked about the video Barbie, that people were scared that pedophiles were going to use that to record <laughs> stuff. So they put that in in the movie. So I was glad that they mocked the history of Barbie. And they actually did mock the history of um some of the things that's going on with World of Brothers right now. They made fun of the Snyder Cut of the Justice League movie. I laughed my ass off when they did that. So they was cutting bombs about everybody. And yeah. another yeah. thing that I like, when Barbie was crying, talking about, I'm so ugly. I don't know what to do with myself. And Helen Mirren said, well, the studio made sure they picked the wrong person to say that they ugly because Margot Robbie is surely not ugly at all. I laughed at that, too. Mind you, after not narrating anything since the beginning of the movie. Right. She just pops right back in. That was one of my favorite moments. I agree. I agree. Sorry, go ahead. Like, it's so self-aware. <laughs> like, you know? <clears throat> I love it. It's And, and honestly... Like, the, the Alan shit was fucking hilarious when he fought his way out of there. His fucking facial expressions when, like, Ken was getting ready to go out and he got fucked up by that wave. Like, some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. And, like, I don't know. Like, I get it if this isn't somebody's thing in terms of comedy. Now, for me, I was fucking dying. Then when John Cena shows up. Forget, yes. Forget it. Forget it, dude. Like, it's so stupid, and it's so smart at the same time. You can't help but fucking be in awe of this movie. Like, it's definitely something different. It's definitely a bold approach, because like you said, here we are parodying movies. It's it's basically a satirical look 
at a lot of things as well. Like, if not the world, it's very meta in a sense. They really could have done anything that they wanted to do. Oh, they did a Matrix reference in there when she, you know, when she's showing her the fucking, you know, take right, this one right. or whatever. Um, there's just so much great shit. And and at the end of the day, I thought that this movie was so much fucking fun. Like I like Lacey Wu dragged me along, and I'm like, yeah, of course I'm gonna go. Like we go see everything anyways. I did not expect to laugh that hard. And then, and then they started fucking coming with the with the commentary, and it, they weren't subtle about it, but it's never preachy either. They just let you know, hey, that's what this fucking movie's gonna be about, and that's how we're gonna fucking give it to you. We're gonna give it to you in a little mix of fucking comedy, absurdity, uh, you know, all this, all these meta references, and that's just how we're gonna do it. And I loved it. I thought it was fucking so much fun to watch. Now. Personally, and I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on this. Personally, my fucking favorite scene was when she just gets to the real world and she sits down and she has that brief conversation with the old lady on the bed. Yes, mine too. Yes. And she goes, you are beautiful, or you are so beautiful. And she goes, I know it. (laughs) That is fucking, I love that Like, that's just touching on ageism because there is nobody that old in Barbie land, you know? Right. And, yeah, it is just a really sweet, beautiful moment in film. And and from Margot Robbie's character, obviously, from her perspective, and from the old lady's perspective, you know? Obviously, she feels beautiful regardless, and that there's... There's just so much to that scene, and I absolutely fucking loved it. Uh, what did you think, Willis? Yeah, that once they did that, I knew this was going to be a totally different movie than what the previews and everything set it up to be. I yep. thought when they was going to get into the real world, it was just the everybody was going to be just making fun of them, and that's it. But right. they actually had a a cute little arc with the movie and I also like the bond between the mom and the daughter the mom felt like she was losing her connection to her daughter and everything so she regressed to going back with fooling with the Barbie dolls and that's what caused this whole situation from the get go and the mom and the daughter had to realize that they needed each other as much as Ken needed, I mean, much as Barbie needed her to help her out with her situation as well. So I thought that was kind of cute also. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like when America Ferreira gives that speech, you know, of like, of how to think, how to be, how to feel, how to act. Like, it's probably like my favorite dialogue of the year. That was fire. That was really Yeah, that was really good. Some people might take that as being too preachy, but I didn't feel that way. Like, I, it's not preachy if it's true. That's that's the that's the thing about it. It, it is true. It's literally just a fact, and I'm and the only reason that people feel that it's preachy is because they're triggered. <laughs> I hate using that word. It's because they're guilty of doing it. Right. Right. That's true. Well, yeah. Otherwise, if if you don't like what she's saying, well, she's not saying anything wrong. Like, what is so wrong about what she's saying? 
Like, it's literally the truth. Right. So, um, like, tell me that it's not the truth and tell me how it's not the truth. And then I will be able to maybe understand from your point of view of how it comes across as preachy. You know, you know what it is, though, too? People, I think they feel preached to because that's not their point of view. And, you know, they've never thought any different than that. So when you bring something like this up into a movie and you're, you're preaching fucking straight facts and, you know, a lot of these people don't believe those to be facts, that's a tough jumping off point, you know? you got these all these dudes with ideas of, of you know... Oh, it should be this. Like, yo, who, what is any dude telling fucking any, like, it's a Barbie movie. What? Like, are you fucking kidding me? But in all reality, what it shows is, is like you said, is equality. And, like, every character gets their due. There is something for everybody in this. You know what there's not something for in a lot of these guy movies is something for the females. And, like, I feel bad about that a lot of the times when we're watching these stupid fucking action movies because there is nothing there. It's like, yeah, this is kind of a This is just a fucking shoot, shoot them up. There's no substance to it. And that's, you know, that that's pretty much the end you of it. You know what movie this reminds me of? What's that? Um, also Pleasantville. Ah. Yes. Okay. And I love Pleasantville. Yeah. But you know what? That was oddly panned as what, like, I didn't understand the hate for that when that came out either. I think that's one of the most intelligent films I've ever seen as well. I agree. Because it does represent the times back then as well. Yep. Um, yep. You know, and there's a line in that movie where um, Toby Maguire is talking to Joan Allen. Or, no, he's talking to his mom at the very end of the movie. Mm. Um, she was the mom on um, uh, Malcolm in the Middle. That's who played his mom in this film. She was also in The Heavenly Kid. But mm. um, she was like, she was crying, and it was after he got back from TV land. Yes. And um, she's sitting in the kitchen, and she's crying. She's like, it's not supposed to be like this. And he goes, it's not supposed to be like anything. And he wipes her tears. Yeah. Because life isn't supposed to be like anything. It's what you make it. Right. And, you know, I, I like, people hated that movie, too. So, um, I but now it's like a cult classic. So I think... Some people might come around later on Barbie. You know, with that, with that said, and in that, and I'm glad you said that because in that same scene when she's sitting on the bench and she's looking around, and essentially she's starting to feel. Oh, you mean at the uh, Joan Allen at the end? Uh, no, no, oh, no, Barbie. Margot Robbie in yeah. the park. Yeah, when she's looking around and she's trying to explain how she feels, she was like, "I, I feel." bad but good or i forget the exact words but she's trying to explain how she feels because she's looking and you know this as opposed to living in barbie world where everything's perfect everything's even keel or whatever you know a lot of the times some movies kind of have essentially the same thing to say and this is this is this movie's way of saying it in its own way but it's also what it's just like to be a human, to be alive, to have emotions, to have ups and downs. And there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, you're not supposed to be fucking plastic, even keel. Everything's perfect every day because it's not like and that. But that's all right, though. That's cool. Like that's there's nothing fucking wrong with that. And that goes with that speech that uh, she gave as well, you know, where she's like. You know, if you're not a doctor, if you're just a mom and, and doing this and that, like, that's okay, you know? Right. Like, we all should just have each other's fucking backs, 
because we're all fucking human trying to get through this tough life together. And that's really essentially the message where it's like, you know, forget male, female, like we all got to look out for each other. And this tit for tat going back and forth thing with the male, female, really, it's just kind of, you know, (laughs) a reflection of society up until this point anyways. But this movie takes it and tries to put a spin on it and say, well, in our world, you know, if we did get the power back, we would actually fucking probably feel bad about it and then split it right down the middle and start from scratch again, even though the fucking men don't deserve it because he's got, what, Ken's saloon or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he's Ken enough. But it was yeah. but that's how that's how guys are. They're stupid. You know, you could see guys acting like that and then realizing they're stupid and then getting to the root of the problem, realizing that, hey, maybe I don't want to pine for this person who doesn't want me anyways, so maybe I should go off and do my shit as well. It's super inspirational. And again, in this movie, females are the ones fucking, you know, basically setting the example, showing the guys. But you know what? If that's not a reflection of society, I don't know what is. And, you know, I think it just goes to say that the people that, like, are, like, hating on this movie the most is because they're the ones that are most afraid of change. Right. Exactly. Right. They they hate it when people point out what's wrong with them. And this movie points out what's wrong with a lot of people on both sides. It's not just men. They point it out with women as well. They point it out with corporations. They point it out with how little girls perceive Barbie now compared to what they did back in the day. They point out a lot of stuff in this movie that um, makes you want to think. This movie actually makes you think about how you treat people yep. and how other people treat people as well. So that's another thing I like about this movie. Yeah, every, like every yeah. Ken was different and every Barbie was different. Nobody was the same style of Barbie and nobody was the same style of Ken. Right, 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 right. Like, yeah, I like enjoyed weird, that too. Like, I loved weird Barbie. Right. <laughs> because, like, when you see, like, all the shit that's happening, like, you have those children. I love that they played with the whoever's playing with it. That's the emotion that you're feeling, right? Right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not normal for little kids to obviously think of the thoughts that uh, Margot Robbie's character was having, you know? Well, like, so it was an adult, so it makes sense. Right. But, like, when right. weird Barbie... Um, you know, she's like getting her hair cut off and being lit on fire and face right. We all know those children. Right. <laughs> you know? right. Like, yeah. it, like there's so many little moments in the movie. Like it's it's a very human, very human moment driven movie. Right. You know, and I love how they kick off kind of the what the real movie is going to be with that one line that Barbie has in the club. So you guys ever think about dying and then needle scratch? That's when the real movie begins. You know, it's all been set up up until this point. And then once she says that and then they they pan up to a moonshot and then they they are. I'm sorry. They pan down from a moonshot. And I love the way they set that up, you know, get to know everything, get to know how everything works. And now we're going to fuck with it. And sure enough, she wakes up and everything's off. And, and and it's fucking brilliant in its execution. It really is. Like, I thought it was just so much you don't, fun. What do you mean? You don't like it just because I do? <laughs> That's another <laughs> thing. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people probably think that. And, you know, 
as like a couple as podcasters too there are ways around that and we have just basically adopted this thing where we may throw like fucking lines at each other or whatever but normally we do not give our thoughts until we podcast together to avoid fucking idiot comments like that. We like, had no plans on doing this podcast. I did not want to, listen, I'm not trying to be that guy to be like, yo, I saw Barbie, I got a fucking talk. Like, I don't really care that much until I saw the movie and I'm like, oh, fuck, man, this movie was fire. Like, how could I not talk about this? You but know? we didn't really, we didn't have any plans. I made a post on not. Facebook today. Yep. Willis hit us up. We're like, let's fucking do it, bro. Right. 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 Because I didn't know y'all was going to see it. I had got my ticket a week in advance because it basically was almost sold out most of the screens for Thursday and Friday. My friend wanted to go see it Thursday night, but we this tickets was already sold out, so luckily it was still enough seats for Friday. By the time we got in that movie, that joint was like we was at Endgame. That joint was full. <laughs> I know, yeah. And I'm sorry, but like love it or hate it, but like the competition between the Chris Nolan movie or whatever, man, you haven't felt hype like this at the movie theaters in a hot minute. And I think nope. it's really good for movies in general. I mean, look, we're gonna fucking see everything pretty much anyways that comes out. But I got to say that this was so much fun going to see in the theater as well. We had one dude who was in a little fucking, in his little fucking bathing suit and a tank top in there. Like, <laughs> which is fucking so No, stupid. when we were leaving. I love it. When we were leaving Barbie, I was wearing yeah. like a pink shirt and there's this old lady and she's like, ah, oh, did you just get out of the movies? And I said, we did. And she was like, I'm guessing because you're wearing pink, you've seen Barbie. I said, we did. Uh, she's like, you didn't see Oppenheimer? I said, no, we're going to that tomorrow. And she's like, okay, good. Go see it and then come to our um, meeting about nuclear... nuclear. She had I some can... weird atom bomb meeting she yeah. wanted this for yeah. to go to. <laughs> <laughs> some old creepy lady with no teeth. That that literally probably <laughs> set me up for failure for fucking... <laughs> she was literally waiting there for us as we were coming down the escalator creepy fucking creepy man oh. <laughs> and like barbie we were like like we sat like it was a full theater like in the back but we sat like in the swivel chairs yeah and nobody was around us and it was amazing when we went to oppenheimer is it open or oppen whatever whatever I, I spent three hours hearing it i can't even remember how to pronounce it right um but that was full and like we literally bought um so there was we bought two seats um there was an empty seat and then there was two seats booked on that side does that make sense willis yeah so two, knows the game. one blank, two empty. So we got the two blank. Some little fucking cuck <laughs> had to buy the seat that was empty. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I doubt anybody's going to, you know, be that fucking dorky. Right. To go to the movie by them. Like, why the fuck? Like, clearly people are spacing out because they don't want to sit next to somebody. Right. Right. Like, what the fuck are you doing, you And there were plenty of seats in the front, too, but he wanted to sit right next to me and piss me off. Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> <Like, I, laughs> that's all right. We sat there. We got our shit. But the worst was they brought our drinks. And then 
you got a raspberry tea, but it was, it was not a raspberry and tea. And I got his fucking So tea. he's like, oh, I think you guys got my drink. So it fucked up our drink orders, too. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, I was pissed. Hey, hey, baby. Yeah, what's up, baby? Can I uh, watch you while you play guitar at me? <laughs> oh, oh my god we didn't even talk about the best part of the movie i wanna push you way around that shit was fucking gold i laughed my ass off when he starts singing sounding like um nickelback <laughs> <laughs> excuse me that is matchbox 20 willis how dare you i had uh, i had that cd growing up <laughs> I bet you did. I, I did. No, did. that shit was fucking golden. I absolutely love that part. Yeah. Um, I guess. I guess we had two songs for the year. We had a Peaches song and a, and a Ken song that Ken was singing in the middle of the movie. I'm just Ken. Yeah. Like, <laughs> who would have fucking thought that some of the dumbest shit would fucking skyrocket to the top? But that's amazing. And also. What was the fucking whoever was singing along uh, narrating Barbie's fucking life in the song? That was that dope. was Lizzo. Oh, dude, that was great, man. <laughs> that was fucking fantastic. I don't even know fucking any of Lizzo's shit. Yeah, you do. Do I? Yeah. But I like that song, man. Apparently, I do know more. But I thought that song. If was you heard it, good. you would know. Really? Yeah, she's on the radio all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I loved it. Um, but. I guess all in all, um, it she was, was a, in the Mandalorian. Well, yeah, but I said her shit in terms of like a musician, baby. Oh. Oh, and speaking of peaches, yeah. Oh, it's those two. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> no shit. Uh, but yeah, all in all, great fucking weekend at the movies. It was a lot of fun. Um, Oppenheimer I, was not fun. It was not that half was not fun. Um, they fucked up my steak and cheese as well. It had peppers and onions. I said no peppers and onions. So it was just a horrible experience overall. But Barbie was the shit. I never thought I would say this. Oh, Talk- we had really good shakes, too. Oh, the fucking shakes, Willis, were fucking. Like, our Barbie experience was just better on par all the way around. It was. It was dope. <laughs> we had M&M's with popcorn. I had a Oreo shake. Dan had a chocolate shake, but then he wanted my Oreo shake. Yep. I'll, I'll take any shake I can. Oh, I think we got to talk about how uh, the very end of the film, uh, Margot goes in and she's like, um, I'm here to see a gynecologist because she's, ah, she's going to get a vagina. Fucking fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Now, what, what did you think of Will Ferrell in this movie? Um, see, I'm not a fan of Will Ferrell. Yeah. Yep. That's just me, but. He was in the movie enough that it didn't get annoying. So I, yep. I thought his little interactions with him and his little cute crew was funny. So what? I didn't mind him. I laughed at that part when they was running through the um <laughs> running through the um office trying to chase Barbie. It looked like something out of Pee Wee's Big Adventure or some shit. Yeah, they're all riding the fucking tandem bike and shit like shit. that. Yeah. My favorite part is when he first gets to Barbie land, though, and he sees pregnant Barbie, and he's just like, ah! Uh, <laughs> I thought we discontinued you. <laughs> no, there was so many, like, like, I grew up playing with Barbies, obviously, and there was, like, some Barbies in there, like, I for, I had forgotten about. Oh, he showed they, them all. And 
Um, well, like, there was some oh, that, yeah. like, that didn't even have any lines or any, like, acknowledgement. They were just there. In the movie? But, yeah, yeah. Like, there was, like, in, like it, like, cool. brought back a memory that I had completely forgotten, which was, um, awesome. there's Shaving Ken. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, like, Shaving Ken just had these jeans with a belt and, like, you just rub water on his face and his beard comes off. <laughs> and then it comes back, like, a few minutes later. But, like, he was literally in the dance sequence of the movie. Oh, and I was really? just like, oh, that's just, Like, I forgot that Barbie had existed. That's amazing. Like, um, so, I mean, it was just, like, little moments like that. And then, like, there was one where, like, the Barbie, like, haircut styling Barbie or whatever. And I remember my sister, like, got mad at me. And so she cut all the Barbie's hair off. Like, it, <laughs> well, the Barbie's supposed to have, like, extensions. But my sister literally cut this Barbie's hair all the fucking way down. <laughs> That I couldn't put the extensions in it. <laughs> she made my Barbie look like Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> so she <laughs> turned it into a weird Barbie then, huh? She definitely <laughs> did. So it's just like there like little <laughs> moments like that that like with the little nostalgia sprinkled throughout. Well, you and know, the, it brought some memories back for during sure. During the end credit sequence too. Yeah. That was cool because they showed them all. Right. And I was asking you, I was like, I are said, these yep, real? I have that one. Yeah, you were like, yeah, I have this one. So we were going through like this movie. I'm sorry, but like if, if I was a fucking chick, I would have loved it. I'm a dude and I love it. Yeah. Uh, this movie transcends gender because in my movie theater, we had, Little kids, we had family members, we had black people, we had white people, we had Spanish people, we had gay people, we had transgender people. It was everything in the movie theater. The yeah. one I yeah. was at. Partying up in there. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> this movie is made for everybody. Even though people might think, oh, it's a Barbie movie. Barbie made for girls and that's it. And made for women. No, nah, this movie is made for everybody and that's one hey. of the points of this movie, it's made for everybody. It's not trying to alienate nobody. It's not trying to send an agenda that um, men, women hate men because of this and that and other. It's trying to send a message that we're all people and we all need to accept each other for what we are. And we do need each other, but we also need to be individuals by ourselves and not follow along with everybody else and this is what this movie is trying to show and actually that's what happened with this Barbie she actually decided to want to be her own person and not be the same person that the company wants her to be and her friends want her to be and that was the point of this movie at the end even though it went on a funny joke that had me kind of scratching my head at the end, but I understand why they did that joke after thinking about it a little bit more. Yeah. Right. Amen, brother. Yeah, well said, Willis. Well said. Because there is a lot to this movie to kind of digest because, you know, you got all these people with preconceived notions going in or whatever. But I think if people just you know, just chill the fuck out, you know, and, and watch what, what they gave us. They'll, first of all, have a really good time, and second of all, get the messages that the movie's trying to give you, but also realize that it's not trying to force-feed you anything either, because nobody wants that, and the filmmakers realize that. They're just fucking doing their thing and talking about society, and this is how they're going about it, and I thought it was fantastic. People are going to get what they get out of it. Yep. Like, yep. And I think, like, 
if you're like so focused on like something negative that like bothered you, you can find it. And sure. you're just gonna focus on that for like the rest of the film. You're not gonna enjoy it, like right. You know, and I think if you have like a closed off mind, which you probably did going into the film, you know. I'm gonna say something right out of the gate. I guarantee fucking 90% of these motherfuckers are lying and didn't even see the movie. That's my real assessment on it. Because I know, like, we watched it, and you can just tell when somebody's just giving vague enough fucking things because they've heard things. And, and again, they have their mindset, so that's fucking first and foremost for a lot of people. But watch the goddamn movie, and maybe you won't take yourself so freaking seriously. Because this movie's fucking fun. Like, let's have some fun. Like, we watched Mission Impossible. We just watched fucking this, all these fucking great movies that are in the theaters now. Like, let's fucking enjoy it. Don't fucking get pissed off. Wait, yeah. You know? Like, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer sucked. I'm still positive about it. And, you know, <laughs> if that's your identity to be, like, a, just a hater, like... Don't use the Barbie movie to fucking <laughs> put that forward. Right. Find some other fucking franchise to hijack because Barbie... Bro is probably not for you. Right. And another good thing about this movie doing so well is Mattel said that they're going to dig in their toy box and see what other properties that they can dig out the shelf. So I'm crossing my fingers that we finally want to get a real, legit Masters of the Universe movie. Especially since Netflix said that they are not going to do it. So I'm happy it's not going to be just a Netflix movie. So maybe Warner Brothers, especially, they need something because their box office has been shit the last five or six years trying to do these DC movies and nobody gonna see them. And the last few Harry Potter movies haven't been doing good at, um, what is it, Fantastical B shit? Maybe they might be like, eh, we'll do He-Man, so cross, cross his fingers. So, I thought you were yeah. gonna Hungry, hungry hippos. No, that's Hasbro. So Hasbro, <laughs> Has, Hasbro's doing pretty good with Transformers right now. So uh, <laughs> that's but, why I love you, Willis Wheeler. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, crossing our fingers. They're talking about doing. I don't know why, but a Hot Wheels movie. But they should skip that. And go to He Man. Shit. Go to. That's fuck- what I want to see. Well, if you liked hearing Willis on this episode, guys, where can uh, where can people hear you, Willis? Uh, you can hear me on NFW Podcast. You can hear me on um, It's Not Hard Okay Podcast. Is it really that bad podcast? And my <laughs> YouTube, YouTube page, Wildman Willis Reviews. Come look and subscribe to my channel. Yes, and Willis, I love you, man. Thank you so much for coming on again. I love these impromptu podcasts. Hopefully, something else will pop up this year where we can do the same thing and compare. Yeah. You're you know? gonna have to do thrills and chills or twelve days of chase miss with yeah, us. Yeah, man, you gotta be a part of our holiday specials. Yeah, we we gotta do um when um Saw X comes out. That's yes. that that's the next one, and it's at the end of September. Yeah, that, we're really looking forward to that. Jigsaw goes to Mexico is what they're calling it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in. Was there anything else uh, you guys wanted to say before we get out of here? Nope.
Okay, well, we will end on that note. Um, come on, Bobby, let's go party. Uh, 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 yeah, bye.